2: All right, Steve Palazzolo, pff.com, pro football focus on the Yingling Oktoberfest guest line. Uh, Coming out of week one, what what happened where you said, wow, I can't believe they played that well, or I can't believe
1: they played that poorly? Well, the the Cowboys were a good one. They were good. I can't believe they played that poorly. Um, I think the Chiefs, you know, how well they played. With uh, you know, the big question being how well would this offense run without Tyree Hill, Not that Patrick Mahomes can't do it or anything like that, but the offense was was just incredible, and you know they still had the same level of open receivers and uh, great play calling, and Mahomes was excellent, and um, you know just the Chiefs' domination of the Arizona Cardinals, I thought, um, stood out. I think the Bills standing out against the Rams, uh, it didn't necessarily surprise, but it was like, hey, this is this is still the defending Super Bowl champs. The Rams didn't you know, completely blow it up in the offseason. They're still going to be a good team, and the Bills dominated up front, especially with that four-man pass rush. So uh, those were the most impressive outings to me. I think what the Bills did, the Chiefs did, and i got to give credit to the Vikings too. Um, Even though we knew the Packers had some issues with the receiving core, the Vikings came out and did a really nice job defensively and, and really dominated that game from start to finish.
2: Uh, What about uh, Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, the Philadelphia Eagles? It is super early, but are you buying this uh, momentum, what they actually did in the offseason compared to what the Cowboys didn't, and us knowing that uh, Daniel Jones is a backup quarterback and the commanders, we don't know what we're going to get from Washington?
1: Yeah, I was buying the Eagles before the season. I still picked the Cowboys in a slight edge in the division, but I I bought the entire Eagles offseason. And I think in week one, you know, it's 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 just one week. We always have to preface that. But in week one, I think it showed the the A.J. Brown factor, stuff I've talked about here quite a bit, where, you know, last year there were games where Jalen Hurts would throw for 100 yards or 120 yards or whatever it was. And he may have had that game if not for A.J. Brown on a deep ball and just being – Um, you know, the guy that they were targeting 11 times, caught 10 passes, 155 yards. Other than that, it was, you know, pretty limited pass game production, but I think it showed there's your, there's your alpha, wide receiver one. And to add it to a Philadelphia team that can run the ball, Jalen Hurts can run the ball. So you've got this, um, these different ways to win. I don't use the word balance a lot, but these different ways to win. Run game, QB run game, downfield passing attack with A.J. Brown, opening up the, what Dallas Goddard can do in the middle of the field. So, yeah, I think Philadelphia's offseason moves you know, paid immediate dividends, and especially with A.J. Brown picking up 155 of the 243 receiving yards. That's exactly what you want from your wide receiver one. So love what the Eagles did and love what they showed in week one. A.J.
2: Brown, Philadelphia Eagles showing out over the weekend in, uh, in week one. They will not play... Uh, it's a Monday night doubleheader, and so the Eagles will host the Minnesota Vikings on Monday night. AJ Brown and um, and and Jalen Hurts and so on. We're live from the Golden Moon Casino Sportsbook. Uh, we're visiting with Steve Palazzolo, pff.com, talking NFL. Got a really, We think we'll have a really good game tonight, um, two premier QBs, and uh, some awesome matchups, including Buccaneers and Saints this weekend for our kind of home team, so to speak. Um, so, Steve, how concerned should – well, before I go to Joe Burrow and the Bengals – You just mentioned balance, and you don't get into balance. And I kind of agree with you. You you don't worry about balance, do you, when it comes to football as far as, oh, my gosh, we need to do it. We need to throw and run 50-50 or 55-45. You you don't buy into that, do you?
1: No, I I don't think there's a baseline of running. I mean, the Chiefs are a good example. They just chucked around. And I know they have Mahomes under center, but um, overall the pass game is more efficient than the run game. Again, I, I always view it as you want to have answers to what the defense is throwing at you. So if you do, if you are invited to run the ball, yeah, you want to run the ball effectively. But yeah, you don't have to go out of your way to have certain splits and 50-50 or anything like that. Okay.
2: Uh, Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. Mr. LSU. Uh, incredible run last year. Come up a little short. Um, man, that was a tough performance this past weekend. Uh what did you see? And can they, you know, turn it around and get better over uh, week two, three, and four in Cincinnati with Joe Burrow? Yeah,
1: yes, I think they could turn it around. It was a weird game. I mean, the, the guy Burrow throws four interceptions, has four actual turnover-worthy plays. Um, you know, so there were some bad bad passes in there. There were some bad plays. He got sacked seven times, but of course there was sixty-five dropbacks, so that's not as bad as it sounds. But there's so many negative plays in there for the Bengals. The turnovers, that's not going to happen every week. They still move the ball. Uh, they still have Jamar Chase, who's uh, you know one of the more difficult covers in the NFL. I don't think the offensive line was as bad as maybe the seven sacks would show. That's, a, that's still a Joe Burrow thing. He's got to do a better job there. Um, it was just a weird game against the division rival and the Steelers who, you know, last year they didn't do it, but the Steelers always play the Bengals tough. So. I'm not terribly worried about the Bengals, but that was that was a weird game, and uh, not a great performance by Joe Burrow, one of his worst over the last two years. So he's got to take better care of the ball. Um, but I think the Bengals are going to bounce back just fine. And you know, credit the Steelers. The Steelers usually come out pretty good. In week one, they play hard in training camp. Micah Fitzpatrick had an incredible incredible game, making plays all over the field, and uh, uh, Mike Tomlin just continues to get the job done. We'll see if he can keep that up, but. He just knows how to, you know, get the most out of his team no matter where they are as far as their roster goes.
2: Our guy, Steve Palazzolo, NFL Senior Analyst, pro football focus, pff.com, joining us on the Out of Bounds show. And we're live from the Golden Moon Casino Sportsbook, Timeout Out Lounge. Um, let's talk Tua to Tonga-Baloa in Miami. I think people may have gotten a little ahead of themselves. Um, yes, they won. And you could just breeze by his stats and say they looked pretty damn good. Um, I still didn't think he looked that good, Steve. But you see, you and your team see more than I do. How, how did? How would you rate Tua's performance last weekend?
1: I, I think it was below average overall. Yeah, I think uh, the stats are good: hundred four passer rating and two hundred seventy yards, eight point two yards per attempt, and the whole deal. But uh, Tua missed some throws. Um, missed some throws ugly. Um, had a bad fumble in the pocket that he could have avoided. And then he did something. You know, I've, I've made this Jimmy Garoppolo comp for Tua for a couple of years now. There's always one or two plays where Jimmy Garoppolo it's like, man, what are you doing? What are you seeing? And Tua had one of those in the fourth quarter. It didn't show up in the box score. It didn't show up anywhere. But you've got the Dolphins clinging to a lead, and he kind of rolls out of the pocket and just chucks it up to a safety for, you know, for the Patriots. He did the same thing week 18 against the Patriots last year, and um, I think that one was caught. This past week, it wasn't. So, Tua has to cut down on those couple decisions per game, whether they show up in the box score or not. Now, uh, really nice touchdown pass to Jalen Waddle Ends up a 42-yarder on fourth down where you see the speed. I mean, you saw the Dolphins offense at work where Tyree kills, drawing coverage. He's fast. They're moving him around. Jalen Waddles creating plays in space. I think they're going to be good offensively, but my preseason take that to his stats are going to look better, but he might not play that much better. I think he'll get better, but not. I don't think he's going to completely turn it around from a uh, how well he plays standpoint. I I think that take is off to a good start so far. I think the Dolphins offense is good, but at the end of the day, they still only scored 13 points offensively. They had a, a strip sack for a touchdown, so... Um, it's mm. not like they were lighting up the scoreboard. it definitely has some work to do if they're going to maximize that offense.
2: So he's still more of a backup than a starter in the NFL?
1: I mean, I wouldn't say that. I mean, it, it, I think he's one of the top 32 quarterbacks in the world. So that's a starter, technically. But there's a difference <laughs> yeah. between do you want this guy? Right? I mean, that, that's what it is. There's 32 jobs. I think he, he deserves one of them. Okay. Um, but there's a difference between do you want this to be your guy going forward? And Daniel Jones is a top 32 quarterback as well. Do you want him as the guy going forward, or do you want to look for something better? I think two is still, uh, but Dan- you know, probably in that boat, just like a Daniel Jones is.
2: Okay. Are you ready to say Daniel Jones is is a backup quarter? Look, by the way, I'd love to be a backup quarterback in the NFL and make six to ten million dollars a year. Um, are you ready to say? That Daniel Jones with the New York Football Giants is a is more of a backup quarterback than a starter.
1: He's a guy that can that is a again he's I think they're I think he's a top thirty two quarterback where I would be looking for something better. I mean I think that's to me that's the quarterback landscape uh, Marcus Mariota, uh, you know Teddy Bridgewater. These are guys that you can start, you can win if the situation is pristine. Maybe they'll put up good numbers, but I'm, I'm going to be flirting and looking for that for that next, you know, top-ten caliber quarterback.
2: All right. Steve Palazzolo on the Out of Bounds Show talking NFL football. Man, I thought it was a great weekend last weekend. I'm looking at the matchups this weekend, and uh, we could have another great slate of games. We're live from the Golden Moon Casino Sportsbook, Timeout Lounge, and Steve joins us on the Yingling
0: Oktoberfest guest line. Blake? Yeah, Steve, you've been talking about a couple different teams, and I find it interesting that this lined up this way. So, And I think there's reason for it. You talked about the Dolphins. Tua looks a little bit better. They obviously added Tyreek Hill. Jalen Waddle looks like a better receiver. So you've had receiver talent influx there. The Eagles, you add A.J. Brown. It makes Jalen Hurts look better in week one. You have an influx of receiver talent. On the flip side of that, we talked about the Cowboys. They let their receivers walk out the door. Their offense looked bad. That leads me to... Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, they do all this nonsense, all the drama, all the back and forth. They finally get it settled and get Aaron back. And what do they do? They get rid of their top two targets, Devontae Adams and Marquez Valdez Scantling. Scantling's in Kansas City, Devontae's in in, uh, Las Vegas. What did you think of Aaron Rodgers? Were you surprised that the Packers offense looked as bad as it did, given what they lost? And have they dropped down in your NFC power rankings for the season?
1: So uh, let me just preface this by last year in week one, the Packers lost like 38-3, to Mm -hmm. and the game was even worse than what we saw. And Devontae Adams was on the field. So I just want to start with I'm not going to overreact to week one. But last year at this time, I didn't overreact because I knew Devontae Adams was still there. And right now after week one with the Packers, I think all of the training camp reports that the receivers weren't on the same page as Aaron Rodgers, that there wasn't that consistency. All of that stuff is true. And I think we saw that in week one. Rodgers was holding the ball longer than he wanted to, had to take four sacks, you know. He doesn't have that third down option. And, and, And the game started with Rodgers throwing a dime to rookie Christian Watson, who drops it. And I think there's, I think Rodgers is in this world where, you know, if you start to let him down, I mean, he has these bad games where he just he just started chucking it up, and uh, he didn't look happy. Um, all that said, I think I think Rodgers will bounce back against the Bears on primetime, you know, like he did last year on primetime against the Lions, but this is a serious concern for the Packers. As other teams are loading up a receiver, they don't have anybody. Alan Lazard's going to come back off injury, but there's just no consistency there. There's nobody that you can just straight depend on in third down. I think Rodgers is still going to have a good year he's going to have good stats all that's going to be fine but the packers goal is the super bowl you know there's a few teams in the league where it's not about make the playoffs it's like man we got to make a super bowl and win it and i think the packers have uh they've gotten worse this year offensively and it's going to be a challenge for them and uh, i don't think week one i think they'll have other games like week one where uh things just go south offensively